Welcome back to the Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we're starting a new chapter here today that's got some sort of unique features from the other chapters we've had in the podcast. And this chapter is about DCS. DCS is a new language and tool that I'm working on together with my colleague and friend Stefan Monnier from University of Montreal, um, a, a type, another type theorist. And so in this episode, I'm going to introduce DCS. In subsequent episodes, I want to tell you more about the details of the language and its implementation. And uh, also, the unique part is I'm going to invite you to get involved if you want to, um, to come to get involved, check out the tooling, and contribute. And there's a bunch of ways to contribute, ranging from quite straightforward to you know doctoral dissertation level. So uh, you can decide what level might be right for you to give a try at. So DCS is based on ideas I was raving about in my last uh, chapter. And the idea is I want to have a language that has a terminating core. So the core language of DCS is a pure functional language where the compiler, the type checker, enforces termination of all the functions you write. Uh, so if you're going to write a function in DCS, it's going to have to pass a termination checker. It's going to have to pass the, um, I don't mean to be boastful or anything, but the best termination checker um, for this kind of language that exists. And I will tell you why I can make such a claim, you know, not just puffing my chest here. Uh, but the, so anyway, but the basic setup is DCS has a core language which enforces termination. And this is partly taking my inspiration from uh, this paper called Elementary Strong Functional Programming by David Turner, in which he argues that while functional programming is good, total or strong functional programming, where the compiler enforces termination of all your functions, is even better. And I totally agree with Turner's arguments. But, uh, you know, one argument is, if you have a pure functional language like Haskell, then your the code you're writing uh, is a lot closer to a mathematical function. You know, so we're, this is sort of in service of the goal of, let's Let's have code be as much like math as possible. Now, some people would say, like, why ever would you want to do that? I, I'm not a mathematician. Why would I want my code to be like something that's different from what I am used to? Well, you know, as you know, as you get more into programming, as you go deeper and deeper, it's kind of like um, you definitely are looking for ways to express your ideas concisely, abstractly, and in ways that you can reason about effectively. And... Pure functional programming, in my opinion, as a programmer of, as somebody who's been programming for, I mean, I started programming when I was eight. So for four decades, I've been programming. Pure functional programming um, is the best uh, tool out there for achieving conciseness and abstraction. Uh, it's, I mean, we can all have, you know, throw down the gauntlet, let's have our, um, let's have our wars over this. But um, really a reflective of thinking people, I think, when seeing enough details about how these things work and, and what you get from them, functional programming wins as having the, the just most elegant way to code. Now, that's not to say that, oh goodness, everybody should be using functional programming. There's lots of reasons why functional programming might not be a good fit for your needs or your project. So it's not just kind of like, oh, everybody who's not doing functional programming is you know missing the boat. Not at all. I don't say that at all. But I do say that functional programming has sort of erected the standard for 
um, the most concise and abstract coding you can do. And the thing though is, so when you write a function in Haskell, let's say, um, it really looks like it's a very close to mathematical function, except that it could diverge. And all of a sudden, if you want to, to, to view a possibly diverging function as a mathematical function, great news. Computer scientists figured out how to do that. Turing Award winner Dana Scott, who did not get the Turing Award for this amazing achievement, but for um, the invention, co-invention of the idea of non-deterministic computation, which does seem pretty important, um, he invented domain theory, which is a way of um, explaining what mathematical function a possibly diverging piece of code denotes. Um, it's a, another brilliant achievement and just a very important contribution. But still, it takes us a little, like, the function, the mathematical function that's denoted by a possibly diverging piece of code is, you know, several steps. I mean, explaining what that function is and stuff, it's like rather some steps away from just some sort of routine kind of mathematical function. So it'd be nice if we could have our math, our functions, our code that we're writing, be mathematical functions in a less, um, somewhat less exotic sense. And if your functions terminate, then you can. I mean, this is now much, um, a much simpler semantics can be applied. Uh, so, um, so Turner argues that kind of, if pure functional programming is good, total or what he calls strong functional programming, where everything is required to terminate, is even better. And I agree. But just the way pure functional programming um, seems kind of like a little bit of a fantasy or a little bit of a, um, you know, I don't know, something that, that can't really make sense in practice. To because, you know, you need impure code, right? You need things like get time of day, which has a side effect. Like you call get time of day several times, you get different times. That's what it's supposed to do. Um, where are you with a mathematical function, a pure function, calling the function several times should always give you the same result. Um, the situation is even worse if you were to insist not only the functions be pure, but they be terminating. Because now, first, first of all, and Turner acknowledges this. In fact, his paper ends on this kind of sad note that, you know, it's kind of a pity. It would be so nice if everything were terminating, but then we'd have things like losing Turing completeness. There'd be programs you might want to write, even terminating programs, even programs that are guaranteed to terminate, that no, yet your termination checker would not be able to certify as terminating. This is just a fundamental limit. Um, from sort of theory of computation stuff that you're not going to be able to um, have a, a, an analysis that can tell you um, for every, a sound analysis that can tell you for every terminating function that it terminates. It's, it's not possible. So you're going to have to accept some limitations, let alone the limitation that you might actually want to write pro programs that might sometimes diverge. Like if you want to write an interpreter, well, you wouldn't be able to do that. In a, a general an interpreter for general purpose language, you couldn't write that in a terminating language or, you know, or some reactive programming that's supposed to be in some event handling loop and it never is supposed to terminate. Those would all seem to be ruled out by this discipline that I'm advocating and the Turner advocated. Well, we have something somehow, I don't know why this didn't um, occur. At least it, Turner didn't write about this in the papers I've read of his about this topic, but there is a solution to this problem and Haskell. Haskell shows us how to deal with this because just the way Haskell has a pure core and then we add impure functions in a monad, the IO monad, outside the pure core, 
We can do the same thing with terminating computations. We can have a pure and terminating core, and then if you want to add diver possible divergence or possible impurity, then you layer those um, programs in a monad outside of the core. So this right there, that simple idea, which I've not seen um, advocated elsewhere, basically gives you a way to have practical, strong functional programming. Um, you can you can have a you can write as much of your code as you can or want to write in your terminating core language, and then anything else that you basically couldn't fit in or didn't want to be bothered to try to squeeze into the termination checker, um, you can put in some monad. And the monad basically the types then just signal well. This code here, just so you know, might diverge, or it might, you know, use I/O, right? So, um, so DCS is trying to is I'm developing DCS to embody this vision of practical, strong functional programming. I think it's just an obvious, appealing next step in the evolution of functional programming. Have your core be even more like math than it is right now. Have your core be terminating and pure and layer other stuff outside of that in a monad. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's the plan with DCS. And the, um, the divide and conquer part, uh, I'll have to explain in a subsequent episode, but basically that terminating core, um, there are languages out there that enforce termination, in particular type theories. And that's why this is, makes sense to fit into the type theory commute. Because Agda and Calk and Lean, all these kind of tools, they enforce termination actually of all functions. And, um, but they do so in a way that can be greatly improved on. And DCS does greatly improve on it. Um, in particular, just as the teaser, because I need to wrap up here. Um, they, DCS enables divide and conquer programming. So you can take a piece of, it's like some input value and you can, um, you can split it up into pieces. Like you can like take merge store, you can take a starting list and split it into two lists and then soundly recurse on those two pieces. DCS enables this very standard common programming idiom, dividing, recursing, and recombining results. Uh, and that idiom does not fit into, um, in, a, in a straightforward way into um, other approaches because other approaches are based on you know, this idea of sort of structural termination that when you make a recursive call, you should call in a piece of your input data. But when you split a list into two, that the first half is not a piece. It's not the tail. It's not any tail of your input list. It's smaller. Um, and so you could to make the length of the list be an extra argument or something, but all of a sudden now you're you're not expressing your ideas as elegantly as you could. Okay, so that's the the sort of start in on DCS. It's a new language and tool, and it's it's being implemented. I have a repo that I'm going to I have some just last little bit of polishing before I want to put it out there for people to check it out. Um, and but there's an implementation, and you can write. Um, uh, you know, you can use it to write programs in this terminating core. Uh, the monadic part I don't have going yet, but that's it, it, that will be pretty easy to add on. So anyhow, um, keep keep you know, stay tuned for more details about this and for how you can check it out and get involved. Thanks for listening. Hope you're well wherever you are.